Hey everyone, did you miss us? Your Friday Companion is back now again in its fifth episode for this fifth season. Before we dive into today's episode, may I ask a question to our dear listeners, what are your goals in life? For some of us, their goal may be achieving one's dream job, career goals, or life goals. But have you ever thought about your goal for the entire world? Okay, hold up guys, don't be overwhelmed because in this season, we will continue to talk about mental health together with a discussion of Sustainable Developmental Goals or SDGs. These include 17 objectives that aim to transform the world and make it a better place. Isn't that what we all want? So get ready because we will now dive deeply into the SDG number 13, hashtag the changes. The Friday Sit Down Season 5, Episode 5, aims to promote knowledge about sustainable development goals for students on a surface level. Help students create ideals involving sustainable development goals in their daily life. Shape students into being more eco-friendly and help them understand how certain situations affect a person psychologically. Hello everyone, I am Ellie, your host once again for this episode. For this episode, joining me today, it is my great honor and privilege to introduce to you all our guest speaker for this evening. Our guest speaker graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology from University of Santo Tomas, continued with her Master of Arts in Psychology with specialization in clinical psychology from the same university, and continued once again from the same university with her Doctor of Medicine degree. Now you may think her educational background stops there, so I am ecstatic to inform you all that our guest speaker had also continued her postgraduate medical education from none other than the Harvard Medical School. She is a certified dementiator and holds a certification for essential epidemiologic tools for public health practice and also a certification for principles of health research, ethics, and good clinical practice. We'd also like to mention how our guest speaker for this evening presented her paper on Changing World's Philippines, Planetary, Pandemic, and Political Crisis to the Planetary Health Alliance. She is an advocate for planetary health and mental health. Having been part of the Southeast Asia and Western Pacific Liaison, Care of People X Planet, and the Philippines Ambassador for Harvard Alumni for Mental Health, I am giving you a welcome greeting, Dr. Kisal Angeline Penyamin. Welcome to the Friday Sit-Down, Dr. Kisal, and once again, thank you for giving us some of your time to join us tonight. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for the invitation. I am ecstatic to be here and it's an honor as well to be invited and to have this platform and I guess in your platform. Thank you, Dr. Sal. I'm really excited about your discussion for us today and I really hope that not only me and our listeners for this evening will get a new insight on how climate change can influence our human behavior. So, now, without further ado, I think it's time to proceed and talk about our today's discussion, which is the climate change and its influence on human behavior. You may have the floor in the podcast, Krisa. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you're, you're listening to this podcast. Um, what we're going to discuss is a very controversial and very relevant topic that we have to be, you know, aware in take part of the advocated because you know if you if you live in manila or along or around the metro you've experienced for the past few days i guess the intensity of the heat 
and just this morning it's april 13 and this after i mean the whole day it's been raining um you know it's getting hot in here like figuratively and um literally you know and i'll be discussing a quick climate change and mental health 101 so to speak so before we dive into the topic I'd like to define several key operational um, terms that I'll be using. So first, when, when, whenever we talk about climate change, it is defined by the IPCC, which is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, as you know, it's a change in the state of the climate that can be identified by changes in the mean and or the variability of its properties. Very technical, right? But we have to see it in the sense that it persists for an extended period, typically decades or longer. So it's not just, you know, after a day, after a week, after a month. It takes actually decades, you know, that we can see that there is climate change in our environment. Mental health. Uh, I know you're familiar with this term and we've used it. Um, and it's a popular discussion especially during the pandemic which i really appreciate that we we give more attention to it now and we've and when i say we the general public now appreciate and starting to you know acknowledge that mental health is as important as physical health so who actually defines or the world world health and organization defines mental health as you know a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or her own potential, meaning you can cope with stress of life, you can work productively and fruitfully, and you're, you're able to contribute to, the, to your community. So those two, if you think about it, very unlikely or weird combination, they have, you know, an interaction. So climate crisis affects everyone we need to be concerned about about mental health in the context of climate change why because of that statement i've said earlier we all experience experience climate crisis we are all affected by climate crisis especially the most common example would be droughts or flooding no it doesn't you know discriminate anyone or any classes, any gender, any social status. We have to acknowledge and embrace and actually not just pay attention, but actually do something about because climate change is a growing global crisis. Its scale is already massive in with in action. It will continue to grow and you know, um just just the effect of it will be devastating results in both acute hazard what do we mean by acute hazard it is what we experience like right now raining which eventually leads to floods um in extreme heat or el nino wildfires may may occur in in our um in our rice fields or forestry there are also slower onset threats and these are no changes in ecosystem food and water in insecurity. I don't know if you, especially if you live in Metro Manila, in Manila specifically, for the past 
few months there and i think it's already um occurring for the past few years there is a water crisis water supply crisis especially during el nino or yeah el nino season and when it comes to food insecurity just a few months ago we've had you know an increase in increase not just price of of um of onions right so it will eventually lead to loss of culture and loss of communities not just you know economically as well specifically for for um communities who are you know these are their primary uh source of income and life so my point is the effects of unsustainable human activities such as deforestation or ecosystem degradation and depletion as well as the loss of biodiversity and of course the economic side that are reliant on fossil fuels for example which can lead to food and water insecurity air pollution and contamination of land of rivers and oceans so all these are having you know immeasurable adverse impact on human health mental health and overall well-being which can in turn exacerbate the climate emergency that we are already experiencing so not only in is nature essential for human existence because we depend on on nature for to provide us certain um provisions but many of its functions and contribution contributions are irreplaceable that's why we why do we study we have to study or studying the impact of these changes on individuals as well as communities researchers as well as public health officials have um largely focused on physical health you know however climate change also exacerbates many social and, envir and environmental risk factors for mental health and psychosocial problems which can lead to emotional distress the development of new mental health conditions any worsening situation for people already living with these conditions therefore in preparing for and responding to this growing emergency there is an increasing need for provisions of mental health and psychosocial support so in summary you know climate change can exacerbate or can you know uh, exacerbate the vulnerability vulnerabilities in individuals and communities especially for indigenous indigenous communities for communities who are dependent on nature for their um, economic or financial uh, needs such as our fisher folks our um, our farmers so when we say vulnerable factors there are three you know pathways vulnerable factors include your demographics the geographic as well as biological and social political and socioeconomic factors the exposure pathways are the extreme weather changes, heat stress, air quality, water quality, food security, as well as vector distribution and ecology. And which in turn affects the health system, capacity and resilience, which is, you know, um, uh, which is determined by the leadership 
and governance, um, the capacity or capability of our healthcare workforce, the information as well to the general public about health issues and concerns. So the service delivery of health in general. All those are climate-sensitive health risks. Of course, we've talked about a lot about the physical health. So we're going to focus on mental and psychosocial health, you know. So when we say mental health conditions already represents a significant burden worldwide, right? You take that, you take out the context of climate um, change. So even without climate change, the situation for mental health globally is already challenging, especially for third world countries, for lower middle income countries. So in many countries such as ours, there is already a large gap um, exists between mental health needs and the services and systems that are available to address them. In fact, even in the Philippines, in our country, even with the mental health law, it's not really um, applied or it's not really, you know, well, well used in our communities. So most people with mental disorders or mental health issues that remain undiagnosable because, you know, they may be afraid of the stigma, they do not receive any care and attention. So it just, you know, worsens and in turn will lead to poor um, well-being. So in our country, not just in our country, but an example in our country, including our country, the low and middle income countries have fewer than 20% receiving um, adequate services, 20% of the total population. So I will stress that there is or there are gaps in understanding the impacts of climate change on mental health and psychosocial well-being. But current knowledge is already sufficient to act. And that is what the World Health Organization kept on pushing, especially during um, certain stages where we, we, we have our leaders from all over all all um sectors in politics in economics in in the industry our our communities especially indigenous communities as well as our healthcare leaders are present and i'm talking about the cop 27 that happened um last november and there's another cop 28 that will happen this year but again they, they kept on talking we all have these dialogues but no no action really or like no uh, definite action are taking place but just but these dialogues are important for action to for us to finally act as one you know not as filipinos not as asians not as you know western countries not as americans as one meaning as you know the human race affected by this climate change and the impacts of climate change now, let's talk, talk locally. Is why do we have to pay attention as Filipinos? According to the Global Climate Risk Index, the Philippines is listed as the number one most affected country by climate change due to its geography, 
being surrounded by natural waters that will likely even get warmer, you know, as sea surface temperature continues to rise. So our 7,000 plus islands will eventually, you know, um, be less in the future because of this uh, phenomenon happening in our waters. So the Philippines' geography and development put it puts it at the front front forefront of experience and climate change impacts, especially for the past decades, where even a simple um, a simple we call this not even a typhoon, just a low pressure area that will will bring rain in certain areas. Will, will eventually, you know, lead to flooding or it will bring a month's worth of rain. So, as well as, you know, we have to understand that the Philippines also lacks natural barriers, part because of deforestation. So, in the past decades, we've been consistently in the top 10 world's most climate vulnerable countries despite being the minimal contributor to greenhouse emissions wala tayong ginagawang masama or it's not as big as an impact compared to bigger countries but we're the most affected that's why we have to act we have to use our voice because we're the most affected and we're you know we're just uh, a lower middle-income country. We don't have as much resources compared to first-world countries. So we, in that context, the Philippines is suffering from climate injustice, which is an injustice to the future generation as the actions of the previous generation and other countries resulted into the rapid warming of the planet and threats to the future of the next generation who have not contributed to the climate crisis that we are experiencing and we will continue to experience if we don't act. So we are in a climate emergency. If you remember, Super Typhoon Goni happened during the pandemic, October 2020. During these typhoons, no, more cases of heart attacks anxiety attacks are being reported, especially in the evacuation centers where it is filled with people having their blood pressures checked. And, you know, hypertension is, is due to the trauma and the stress that they've experienced. So the connections between climate change and mental health as well as in the psychosocial well-being have been, you know, discussed mostly within the health frameworks of emergency and disaster management. It's not a particular in the context of extreme weather events. Again, another, uh, another example would be the aftermath of Super Typhoon Rai in Shargao during the December, during December 2021. The devastation brought about about like Super Typhoon Rai in December 2021, the, damage, the damages such as losing one's home and properties being separated from families or from your community can lead to further trauma and depression 
and may take months or years to recover from. So in the Philippines, being the heart of the climate crisis and the effects of climate change on mental health may be seen indirectly due to changing weather patterns, impacts the mental well-being of farmers and fishers and their livelihood, as well as economic and food security. So this is being magnified by our vulnerable sectors. We've identified the youth. We've identified the elderly. We've identified poor communities and in um, indigenous communities. So there is a study by Hickman in 2021. And he found out among the countries, among the countries, the youth all over the world, the Philippine, Filipino youth are the most extremely worried about climate change. So they're the most climate anxious youth in the entire world, Filipino youth, especially your generation. And I'm talking about the generation, Gen Z. So another example would be Typhoon Ulysses, where they, you know, a month's worth of rain was brought in just a few hours. El Nino during 2020, 15, 2015 until 2020, 2016 in North Cotabato, it was very devastating because the entire region lost its crops is specifically its uh, rice fields another term that i would also like you to remember or to take note is solastalgia it is the distress produced by the degradation of one's environment unlike nostalgia which is usually experienced away from home we experience solastalgia even if we are in our home environment even in pictures we became we become sad or anxious and you know um we may feel helpless ecological grief on the other hand it is the grief that we feel related to climate related losses but this can be loss of species like the white rhino in africa even if we're not in africa whenever we see this news na wala ng white rhino and we feel sad, that's actually ecological grief. Uh, loss in the ecosystem, like what happened in Siargao, as well as meaningful landscapes. Now, climate anxiety, which I mentioned earlier, it is the experience of environment-related distress, which may include different negative emotions, like fear, worry, anger, guilt, shame, hopelessness, and despair. But you have to remember, especially in site major, at present, there is no clear evidence that can link climate anxiety to clinical anxiety. So there are two different um, um, terms and, and experience. It is argued that it is more of an existential worry than a pathological one. So remember that climate anxiety is more linked to existential worry compared to clinical anxiety, which is um, pathologic. Now, you may ask who experienced climate anxiety and other climate emotions. These are people with high concern for the environment. These can be people who experience climate impacts, such as the farmers, the fisher folks, 
uh, for them, they they depend on this in their um in in their economic needs, in their livelihood. People with neurotism trait as well. Then they are prevalent among younger adults as well as some children. And of course, are in the indigenous groups. Now, the biggest challenge for Filipinos is actually how do we move forward? How what can we do? So how do we move forward? How do we live our lives knowing that we have this negative um we have experienced this different crisis in our time and it results to you know intersecting forms of anxieties which are all uh, interlinked interrelated how do we navigate these intersecting forms of anxieties it is always important especially for for mental health practitioners and advocates to destigmatize and depathologize mental health and highlight that these are normal psychological responses to actual threats and slow burn crisis. Now, the main question, especially for mental health advocates, is how do we cope? How do we convert anxiety to agency for climate action and for sustained civic participation? So again, I think you that's a very, very brief, I think, um, concise uh, climate discussion on climate climate change and its impact on mental health so if you have any questions i'm i'm more than happy to to answer them okay dr sal thank you very much and one listening the summary of your discussion is is that major and i think that i really agree na I think some people doesn't notice that how climate change affect not only the physical but their mental mental well-being, lalo na yung my climate anxiety. I think coming from, as someone coming from a province na kung laging natatamaan ng bagyo is especially now katulad ngayon may bagyo na naman nga at bahana po dun sa amin. Mm-hmm. And I think na anxiety na patagal ng patagal yung mga people doon. And hindi nila yung napapansin na hindi na lang yung bahay yung affected nila. Pati sila nasa-stress kasi every time nadadaan yung bagyo, merong masisirang part ng house nila. And I think the government, as you mentioned, na dapat mag-take na ng action sa mga psychological, mag-take ng action to create psychosocial support na din to those people na nagkakaroon ng anxiety. And for now, anahin ko na po muna yung mga questions na that we have prepared and gathered for you before my personal questions. So, we call this psychus, and for our first psychu question is, what roles are the students or the Gen Z in general? What can they have as a role to stopping climate change, especially that we are a country that is being social injustice to this climate change? Yes, yes, great question because you're the most affected, and as I mentioned earlier, diba, spe- specifically us Filipinos. Yung Filipino youth, kayo, kayo yun, generation nyo yun. Kayo yung actually the, the respond, respondent of that very nice study. So, what's really nice about your generation is that you're very aware of what's happening, you know, not just with yourself, but with politics, with the environment. And you have this voice, that, and you use that voice. You have that, um, you have that, uh, 
prerogative, you know, magsasalita ako. I know I'm right and I will say what's on my mind and I will speak what's on my mind respectfully, you know. And actually, what we did with one of our studies on on politics, that we call it the three P's, politics, the pandemic, and the political crisis in the Philippines. So we studied those different factors that may affect the mental health of Filipino youths. And so far, we've gathered that, you know, this is what one thing that we also, well, I personally really am amazed because not just because you're aware of what's happening, you take action, you take participation, you know, you want to be involved in in the dialogue of, of, of those issues as well in the problem solving of those issues. But personally, in an individual level, we've also found out the Filipinos, number one, are the most climate actions. But among generation Filipinos, among the generation, across generation, I mean, your generation, the Gen Z, you're the most aware of what's happening, but you have the most healthy coping mechanisms among the generation. So taking part of the of taking part of the issue, you know, you want to be involved in the issue, actually helps you, you know, transform, so to speak, your anxiety into something that is productive, you know, which actually solidify the notion that climate anxiety is not really pathological. It's more of an existential feeling, existential emotion, and that's really that's 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 something that you know um your generation is is i'm i'm amazed and i hope that you know there are more studies that will support that that are that conclusion no? para hindi lang siya one 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 way or one one time lang siya na, na, na discover or na study so what you can actually do is to continue that take participation makialam kayo you know, kahit magsasalita ka, sasalta lang kayo, but your voice is actually so powerful that it gets the attention of people who are in power, who are in charge, you know, and your voice, kasi future nyo to, kaya kailangan yung makailang. Even, sabihin natin, small maybe, hindi. It is the beginning of change and it will not happen if no one actually speaks that something is happening, something wrong is happening. You know, no one is calling out people who's in charge na dapat mangyayalam na tayo. We have to do something. Hindi pwedeng nakaupo lang kayo dyan. Hindi pwede salita lang. We have to act now because future namin to. Yun. So that's the line of your generation. So continue doing that. So you can do in activism like in social media or you can, if you're into research, do research. You know, at the same time, it doesn't end there. You know, publish your paper and lobby it to politicians, lobby it to people who can make the difference. We have to always remember whenever we do research, hindi siya, hindi mag-end yun in publishing. We have to act on it. So we have to lobby it so that we can change policy and that policy will affect our lives. I do agree nga ako na karamihan sa mga generation, especially now, 
is that they're very aware and some of them naman kahit small pa lang yung knowledge nila once they're curious naman po they try to research and understand the situation po and i also like to ask na din, a follow up question is that what tips can you give to those na kahit aware kami kahit we are talking and speaking up and providing data or research to the elderly or people above na pero there there's there are times that they tend to let us ano stay silent or make us silent in ways what tips can you give us that we can still be safe while speaking up for the future generation so i think number one, of course there will be people especially in power especially those who has interest in our environment you know, for their own interest they will always do something and say something to discourage you to silent you especially na guilty sila na they're doing harm and they're not or either they're not doing anything even that they have the power to change something or to something can be done maybe since you're in the your students you create forums like this one this is this podcast is actually a great idea not just to you know get the information out there in the public but it's powerful information is very powerful that's why people will always try to hide things and try to silence people because they don't want to be called out so just continue to speak and to create channels and dialogues in a healthy or in a respectful and academic setting i think that's mo- that's you're you're safe there because it's you know you're imparting knowledge and not really rebelling or calling certain people or certain organization or individuals directly so you're not really uh wala kayong binaviolate na law or anything Thank you for that, Doc. And now, I would like to proceed. Uh, next question is that, as of now, what is the current relationship between the climate change and mental health? So, yeah, I've mentioned earlier, no, in our in our short uh, discussion, there is, we cannot say there's a relationship. You know that, like, we cannot really correlate things cause and effect. But what we can actually say is yeah. that there is a interrelationship you know there is a interrelating um effects of climate change and mental health so the impacts of climate change kasi for the past decades focus only on physical health especially after flooding no? nasa nandun lang sila sa evacuation center so ang the acute stress stressor would be the flood which result to loss of home loss of loved one that can potentially be you know if we diagnose them can be you know acute stress disorder it's a traumatic situation or crisis but like in the pandemic the long-term effect of climate change of that flooding of that loss of home loss of livelihood loss of maybe a, a loved one or families or community is on the mental health not really as not just the physical health and mental health is you know it's not easily seen through the naked eyes or it's not or in our culture sinaset aside kasi if we go back to maslow's hierarchy especially in in situation na may loss of homes and homes and uh what call this uh, loved ones uunahin talaga natin yung pinaka basic needs right and once we have enough security once we full, fulfill those needs, tsaka lang natin iisipin yung other needs, needs natin and yung mental health. 
but I do I do acknowledge that we have to focus on on those, diba? Especially after that, but we shouldn't set aside and we shouldn't ignore mental health. That's what I want to say. Um, to follow up din po, um, upon listening, medyo naisip ko din po na if we have, as you mentioned na, parang it's not in the, parang hindi pa nabubuo yung psychosocial support sa government. Do you think that the government should put an importance na din po doon since climate anxiety is starting to be a thing na din po, a term to be used in our research studies as well? Yeah. Yes, definitely. We have a mental health law, yes, na meron tayong budget for in in the community meron na dapat mental health to not just in the in school and in organization both private and public na we have to give attention and pay attention to mental health that it is as important as physical health but what we can do or what the government and our um lawmakers can do is to to update our law and include the effects of climate change kasi ang climate change hindi lang naman mental health hindi lang physical health kasi it will affect the economy as well so it's an interrelated uh, issue that affects actually across several factors no several sectors in our community that's why it's very important thank you for that though. and lastly uh, I, i think this will be the last question po is yeah, the question is what behavioral effects does climate change have yeah okay so climate change the most common for the past decades the studies that we've identified are the climate hazard no increased water level or sea level fires wildfire uh increase or extreme temperature weather changes el nino la nina in in our term um which in turn affects food and water security you know and of course extreme weather flooding typhoons super typhoons or typical dapat rain lang siya but the the volume of water are are more than the normal or usual that we usually experience so those are you know it exposes the vulnerability number one so ano to yung mga prior illness ng tao yung meron ng prior cardio or heart problems or skin problems or um uh respiratory problems uh, as well as the age especially our young and our old our elderly and as well as occupation so these are the vulnerability occupation ito yung mga talaga directly affected kasi yung livelihood nila can, is dependent to the environment such as our fisher folks our farmers and then will lead to exposure injury you know displacement nasira na yung kanilang farmland nasira na yung kanilang um, fish ponds na nasa lake so they have to move no um job loss and as well as observing other negative impacts so those vulnerability and exposure can lead to mental health risks mental health illness such as PTSD magkakaroon ng post traumatic stress disorder because of the acute stress na nangyari maybe because of the of the super typhoon that they lost their homes they lost their livelihood and loved ones yung chronic stress na yon ay yung acute stress, traumatic stress na yun will lead to chronic stress that can lead to post-traumatic stress. If it's not, hindi siya naagapan. Right? As well as depression, and of course, with what we, and a little trigger warning, can lead to suicide. And there's an increased risk in our uh, Filipino youth as well, in in, in suicide. 
uh, in the issue of suicide now. So it and that's the pathological. No? The the more common, which is you know, in normal existential anxiety that we want to to say that we experience climate anxiety is more on yung stress. No, ito umuulan ngayon. Iisipin mo pabahaba. Mawawalan ba ng kuryente? Mawawal, wala, mawawalan ba ng internet? Paano yung pasok tomorrow? Diba? Paano na yung mga requirements? Paano ako magsasubmit? Matutuloy ba yung exam? Diba? Yung, diba? Yun yung nakakasa. Hindi mo alam kung makaka-aral. Hindi ka makaka-focus. Mawawalan ng kuryente. Paano ka mag-aaral? Continue pa rin yung exam. Walang news. So, we're overthinking yes. Pero it's a valid excuse. Why? It happened before. Right? Na this yes. simple rain can trigger flooding, can trigger loss of electricity, school closure. So, pag na-delay yung exam, madedelay na naman, magkakapatong-patong. So, those are valid, normal experience. Dapat yun, we have to depathologize and destigmatize climate anxiety. Hindi siya OA na reaction. It's a experience that we feel because of our past experience. What happened just, you know, just the past decades, ang daming nangyari na simple ulan, ang daming oh. you, you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah, I agree po so much. Na parang, kapag umuulan, iisipin ko na kagad, hala, may pasok pa bukas, magigising ba ako ng maaga? Tapos magigising ko maya-maya, mag-a-announce, ah, wala nang kasi, okay. ano, nagising pa ako maaga. Yes. O kaya, ang masama nun, on the way ka na, nasa commute ka na, commuting ka na, tapos doon lang nag-announce, di ba? So, nakaka-stress, right? Um, and it's not, it's valid, it's a normal response. Hindi siya OA. To follow up din po, if, if our mental health nga po is, is negatively affected by this, is there any way pa to combat this? Okay, number one, we have to, you know, we have to acknowledge that it's a normal response. Kasi madaming nag-iisip, not just, you know, in terms of climate change, the impacts of climate change, in general, anxiety caused by normal stressors, like for you, school, school load. It's a normal response. We have to acknowledge this and validate our feelings, number one. And again, what is nice is that we have all sort of um, um, information here that can help us how to cope in a healthy manner and manage our anxieties. No, what's nice is you know you know that for the past for the past years because of the pandemic, how to cope with anxiety, um, caused by different stressors and um normal stressors. So you know, aside well, when we talk about you know the impacts of climate change and mental health and the anxiety that comes with it, we have to acknowledge it and acknowledging it's very you know I think may acceptance na siya na, okay, hindi ako OA. And it helps na. So, you can live with it or you can know you know how to handle it na and be prepared. So, thank you for that, Doc. I really enjoyed our talk po. It, it may be short or brief. And I hope that our listeners also gain new insights. So, that ends our psych views for today's episode. We hope tonight's episode has brought awareness upon the general public on how climate change can influence on our human behavior. And now, 
we would like to award our guest speaker the Certificate of Appreciation. This Certificate of Appreciation is given to Bicicrisol Angelin Peñamente for actively participating in the fifth season of the podcast series, The Friday Sit-Down, with the fifth episode entitled Hashtag The Changes, Climate Change, and Its Influence on Human Behavior. Before we conclude this episode, I would like to also call the Assistant Secretary and the overall chairperson of this season, Ms. Lillian Angeli B. Samson, for her closing remarks. To our honorable guest speaker, Dr. Benyamante, thank you so much for bringing your time to share your knowledge for this episode. This episode will be the last episode for this season, and I'm very happy to have it with you, Doc. I hope to see you again in our future events. Also, I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the people who made this podcast possible and successful. Please do know that I appreciate all your effort and hard work. I am looking forward to working with all of you again. On behalf of CEU Psychology Society Manila, thank you so much, Doc Penyamante, our dear host Ellie, and everyone. Thank you for the closing remarks, Ms. Samson, and thank you so much again, Ms. Criselle, Criselle, for sharing your inputs and knowledge with us. Also, to our dear listeners, thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. This may be our last episode, but I hope you listened to our previous seasons and hopefully you gained new insights and clarifications through our podcast series.